stars. You have a plan for your life. You know where you want to go. Are you looking to be happier, healthier, and wealthier while having more fun every day? Meet our empowerment architect and goddess gardener, Cynthia Bryan, as she engages in energetic exchanges with success experts, bringing you research, innovations, strategies, and techniques to strengthen your life, business, and personal spaces. Be inspired, motivated, encouraged, and empowered. Lend us your ears right here on Star Style. Be the star you are. The party starts now. Well, hello, Power Partners, and welcome to our informational playground, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, brought to the airwaves under the auspices of Be the Star You Are charity. And we're coming to you live, as always, on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel, and today's show is all about garden guidance. It is going to be a complete uh, outdoor, in-your-face, nature, garden problem solver. I'm really excited about presenting this to you. Um, I'm Cynthia Bryan, and I am the host of the show, and you are going to be treated to a fantastic guest coming up in segment two, Susan Mulvihill who um, wrote the Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook. Uh, I am absolutely in love with this book. It is definitely going to be uh, well-loved and well-used on my bookshelf because she writes about all natural solutions just to make our gardens beautiful. So that's coming up in segment two. And in uh, segment three, well, spring is the time of rebirth and renewal, and we are going to be talking a little bit about what you can do in your garden and I'm going to um, also be reading a few things from my book Growing with the Goddess Gardener and right now I want to talk um, a little bit about kids digging in the dirt and learning about nature uh, suge suggestions for some simple plants that will enthrall any youngster and connecting children with nature because I think it just grows joy and patience and responsibility, resilience, tenacity, all of those things. The Miracle Moment for today is brought to you by Be The Star You Are Charity. And you can reach the charity at bethestarur.org. This is from an ancient Native American proverb. proverb. <laughs> Treat the earth well. It was not given to us by our parents, but it is loaned to us by our children. We do not inherit the earth from our ancestors. We borrow it from our children. I really love that because doesn't that just tell us that if we don't take care of the earth, there's not going to be an, an earth for us to uh, care for down the line and our children and grandchildren won't have it. Well, uh, as you know, um, I was one of the authors on the New York Times bestselling book, Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, along with Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, Cindy Buck, Marion Owen, Pat Stone, and Carol Stugalowski. And it was um, such a huge, successful book and it's a book that people still refer to and I still I still refer to it and I love it. So in starting to talk about um, kids and gardening, which is one of my very uh, favorite topics, 
uh, I wanted to read one of the stories from Chicken Soup for the Gardener's Soul, 101 stories, to sow seeds of love, hope, and laughter. Because I think about this, literally this story, almost every day as I am outside um, pulling dandelions. And you've heard me say it before on the show, but every day I do a meditation out in the garden and I actually walk around the property and I look for dandelions. Now, if they're growing in an area where they have nice, long, beautiful leaves, I will cut them and use them, you know, wash them and use them in salads. If they're just kind of growing in the grass and and just a little bit, you know, small and kind of just weedy, I um, dig them out with a long stick. And dandelions are tough because they have these long tap roots. Um, and, of course, you can eat them if you get them from your lawn as well, as long as you are an organic gardener. But this story just really tickled me, and I think it'll tickle you if you haven't already read it. It is called Gone Fishing. And um, the the author who wrote this was David Clinton Matz. Now, if you're familiar with the Chicken Soup for the Soul series, is different chapters uh, are written by different people. And then as uh, authors of this book and co-authors of this book, we got over 5,000 submissions. And it took us two years to put the book together, working literally seven days a week, and we were from all different parts of the country. And this was one of the first projects that was ever done, literally by phone, fax, email, and um, and just snail mail, um, because we were a group that were in different places: Alaska, Iowa, the Carolinas, um, California, and so it was a really interesting project. Um, but anyway, so we had to narrow it down to 101, and it took two years. And we had a whole system of voting and judging, and then we rewrote, and we made every chapter the best it could be. So this is called Gone Fishing. It was my third year of trying to create the perfect lawn. I was doing quite well this summer. I'd reseeded the bare spots from winter's ravages. I'd found just the right grass seed for our soil conditions, I'd created a sprinkler system that worked well for both the lawn and for entertaining my four children. All was going well until one day I noticed several sprouting dandelions. Ah, no problem, I thought. I hurried to the store and I bought an herbicide. I figured that by the next weekend I'd have those yellow devils whipped. But when I got home, I looked closer at the instructions and reading the cautionary statements made me shudder. We live in a rural area with a nearby pond and have cats and dogs and children, and I didn't want to inflict toxic chemicals on any of them. So I made the mixture weaker than the directions, weak and ineffective. And by the next weekend, those tough little dandelions didn't have so much as a withered leaf. I had promised my four-year-old daughter, Kayla, we'd go fishing on Saturday. Kayla loves to fish and is very good at it. But when Saturday arrived, I found the little yellow splotches in my lawn had multiplied. Oh, I have to deal with those dandelions before we go fishing, I told myself. The lawn is less than half an acre. How long can it take? Well, if you guys know a half an acre, that's pretty big. <laughs> with a screwdriver and a garbage sack in hand, I attacked the pesky weeds. Picking flowers, Daddy? Kayla asked. Yes, dear, I said, digging furiously at a tough root. I'll help, she offered. I'll give some to Mommy. 
Go ahead, sweetie, I answered. There's plenty. An hour passed and yellow splotches still remained. You said we're going fishing today, Kyla complained. Yes, I know, dear. Just a little more flower picking, okay? Okay, I'll get the fish poles, Kayla announced. I labored on, prying up one stubborn root after another. I found some worms under a rock, Daddy. I put them in a cup. Are you ready to go? Almost, honey. More minutes dragged by. You picked enough flowers, Daddy? Kayla insisted impatiently. Okay, honey, just a few more, I promised, but I couldn't stop. The compulsion to finish the job was overwhelming. But then just a few minutes later, there was a tap on my shoulder. Make a wish, Daddy, Kayla chirped. And as I turned around, Kayla took a big breath, puffed, and sent a thousand baby dandelion seeds into the air. (laughs) I picked her up and kissed her, and we headed for the fish pond. (laughs) And I always love that story because I think of myself and my children, as, uh, but myself especially as a little kid, and my mom being a major gardener. And uh, the five of us, uh, there were five kids, we were always picking dandelions and blowing them and how that must have frustrated her to no end, but she never said anything. And my dad did take us uh, fishing on a regular basis. (laughs) So kids and flowers, you can't help it. The dandelions, you know, we always used to call them little angels, those uh, seeds that you would blow. And I've never known a kid that didn't want to blow them. So we just have to be careful with it. So, um, with with gardening and kids, of course, seeds are a great way to get started. And whenever kids learn to garden, they learn so many things. They learn to be patient. They learn resilience. They learn responsibility. They learn that uh, that you know what you sow, you can reap if you take care of it. And I think this is it's a great lesson for kids because. If you can keep a plant alive, usually you can keep a relationship alive. And maybe it's a good idea to start with plants. I think that is a really good thing for uh, kids to do. Now, uh, one of the plants that is really easy for kids to grow, and it's great to plant with herbs and vegetables because it repels insects and it adds a lot of color to a kitchen garden, are marigolds. Uh, vegetable gardens don't have to have large plots of land. Uh, you, you know, you can grow veggies in a hanging basket, a, a whiskey barrel, even an old tire. Uh, you can grow a few tomatoes along a sunny wall or, you know, weave green beans into a chain link fence. As long as you have a sunny corner or a container somewhere, you can teach your kids to grow something. And if they grow vegetables, they're going to want to eat those vegetables. My favorite thing has always uh, been to have kids plant a pizza garden so that they can plant, you know, some basil, some tomatoes, um, perhaps thyme, parsley, and, you know, and and garlic, uh, onions, anything that they may want on a pizza. And then, um, um, oh, peppers, I forgot the green peppers. And then, you know, all they got to do is add the cheese because they can make their own pizza sauce. But some simple vegetable garden ideas. They could plant marigolds around um, vegetables, tomatoes, and lettuce, because those are often bothered by pests, and marigolds are a natural insect, 
an animal repellent. Basil and cherry tomatoes and marigolds in a hanging basket, they really look beautiful. You can do corn, beans, squash. Those make up the traditional Native American three sisters planting. So you could give a history lesson while you are uh, actually planting. The three plants grow together for the benefit of all because the beans add nitrogen to the soil. The corn acts as a support for the beans. The squash vine shades the soil around the corn, and that keeps the vital moisture in the ground. Now, old tires. Uh, if you could plant tomatoes in old tires, you could paint the tires red. I mean, using a non-toxic paint, of course. Um, and for some reason, tomatoes will grow so much better near the color red. I'm really not sure about that. But it's fun to do it with a kid, right? When you do anything colorful with kids. Uh, we did with my kids, we ha I had a rake that broke, and um, they painted a face on the broken rake, on the rake part, and it, we actually used it in the garden, and it's actually still there. It's kind of a great memento of when your kids are young. So if you're making a garden plot, you want to pick a level, open, sunny place in your yard for the kids, and then have them, and you help them, of course, remove any grass or weeds, and turn in lots of compost and composted manure. Plant the tallest items, the tallest plants to the north so all the plants can get light and water them well. And then just keep, make sure that the plants continue to be watered. Um, or you could make a raised planter bed, which is easier to weed and work in. And then you can grow uh, large things like watermelon, squash, pumpkins, which kids really, really love. Now, a strawberry pot could hold strawberries or herbs. That's pretty easy to plant, and it's really simple for kids. So everyone has their favorite summer foods. And if you ask your kids, what are your favorite uh, fruits or vegetables and plant those, that is going to be the best thing that you could possibly do to get your kids enjoying a garden. And just remember, um, kids will mimic what you do. So if you demonstrate that you love nature, you love the outdoors, and you love gardening, you'll have your little ones gardening at, with, at no time at all. And best of all, give them a tiny plot of their own. That's how I started as a gardener. All of my siblings and I, we were given our own little piece of land. It doesn't have to be much. It could be just, you know, two feet by two feet, whatever it is. But you make it your, their own. I had my own and you can, we could grow anything we wanted. And that set the tone for how I wanted to be a gardener. Well, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, Susan Mulville Hill will be with us. The Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook is her newest book. And she is going to um, just delight us all because this book is filled with effective solutions for puzzling gardening challenges. Uh, we have so many things from all these weather extremes to plant disorders and vegetable plant diseases and dealing with critters. And she's going to help us keep it healthy. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan, the goddess gardener. I'll be back with you in a bit. You're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are.
us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 Are you seeking a Dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world. Lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR. 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 And visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan. www.cynthiabryan.com. Are you a teenager with lots to say, but no one to talk to? Let your creativity explode and your voice be heard on the radio program Express Yourself, a show by teens, for teens, and about teens. No topic is off limits as you connect with teens with attitude. Check out Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel. And join our global community where teens talk and the world listens. www.btsya.com. You can express yourself. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryant. Now, back to the power party. This business of showbiz. Well, I am so excited. We are back. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style Be the Star You Are. And as promised, my guest is with me, Susan Mulvihill. She is uh, just an amazing gardener. She's the author, the new book is The Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook. She's also the author of The Vegetable Garden Pest Handbook and co author of North- Northwest Gardener's Handbook. Um, she writes for the Spokesman Review newspaper in Spokane, Washington. She's a botanical photographer. She has made over 400 gardening how-to videos. You probably watched some of them. And, I mean, she's just featured everywhere, I think. Um, she was actually even on PBS on Growing a Greener World. Welcome, Susan, to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. Thank you so much, Cynthia. I'm happy to be here. Well, I know that you've been traveling, you've been promoting your book, you've been lecturing, (laughs) and I just want to say, I read the Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook cover to cover, and I absolutely adore it, and it wasn't that I was having any pests or anything in my garden, I was just (laughs) blown away by how simple you made very difficult topics. Um, I, I really loved just your 
very uh, folksy way of approaching things because it was this, it's the same way I like to talk when I'm trying to help people of not making it difficult. So this is going to be a book that I will be recommending to everyone. So let's start with, you had already written the, um, your book on um, the garden pest handbook. So what brought you to be writing the vegetable garden? Did you just realize that, okay, there are diseases in the garden and we have to do this? (laughs) Or was it the idea of your publisher? Uh, Well, it was a combination of things. And, you know, I have to tell you, I am just passionate about growing vegetables. You know, there's something so satisfying about growing your own food, you know, how it was raised. I love being out in the fresh air. I appreciate the beauty of nature around me while I'm digging in the dirt. And, you know, I just love it. And I get so many questions about different aspects of gardening. And, of course, the Vegetable Garden Pest Handbook came as a result of getting so many questions about, you know, what is this bug and how do I get rid of it? (laughs) Right. And so I wrote that one uh, really in depth on all different kinds of both damaging insect pests and how to attract more good bugs to our gardens. And so that was so well received, I decided to write a companion book, and that's the Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook. It's just been out for, I think, about three weeks at the most. Right, it just came out. Yeah, it's just brand spanking new. And um, my editor at Cool Springs Press had suggested maybe I write a book that was just about vegetable plant diseases. And I thought, golly, I, you know, there's so many different things that can make, uh, you make you scratch your head. You know, what is this thing in my garden and where did it come from and what do I do about it and how do I keep it from happening again and so on. So I started listing all of these different things that we gardeners encounter, did a ton of research for this book. And um, it's, all came together and I'm just so tickled with it. And the thing I like about books is that you can put all the information together and make it very accessible. And, you know, it's always there for someone right when they need it, they can refer to it back, uh, back to it again and again. So um, I'm hoping this is just going to be a great resource for gardeners. And, you know, I've been gardening for such a long time. I just feel like it's my duty to share what I've learned over the years and because I want everybody to be successful. Well, I'm so grateful to you for writing this and for sharing your expertise. And I can just unequivocally say that this is going to be, as I said at the top of the hour here, um, a go-to for me. Uh, and I, I'd like you, you know, I'm not somebody that's going to go to the website. I know a lot of people just, you know, will do a search on something. But to me, it's so much easier um, to look at a book, to see the pictures, to see a lot of different issues or problems and be able to troubleshoot in that way. And what happened, what gets me to my next question for you is you just mentioned the amount of research. The research (laughs) that went into this blew me away because I was thinking, like you, I've been gardening my entire life since I was a child. And some of these viruses and bacterial blights or wilts or things I really had no clue about. <laughs> how did you learn? Right. How did you learn about all of them? I mean, had you, I, in, in many parts of your book, you said you had experienced certain things, but how did you find out the ones that you had not 
experience? <laughs> well, you know, I feel pretty fortunate. You know, we live in eastern Washington state, and so it's drier. There's not a lot of humidity. We don't get as much rain as, say, the Seattle area does. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. Sorry. And um, so we don't really get as many diseases as a lot of uh, areas do. And so, yeah, I did have to do a ton of research. And um, I always made sure that I consulted with education-based, science-based, research-based um, sources because it's really important to get out accurate information. And so, yeah, I did so much research for this because I didn't want to make a mistake. <laughs> well, you on know, top of I that, you shot, sure you shot uh, a great many of the photographs as well. Right. Well, and so many are in book, your garden. Yes. <laughs> Fortunately, almost all of the disease photos, um, my my publisher had to source elsewhere because mm-hmm. I don't because you don't have the diseases because you're yeah because yeah. you you already know how to garden and to companion plant and how to identify certain ones right so um, right. so yeah so obviously your garden is probably pretty issue free I mean obviously bugs roll in once in a while the wind blows sure. something in but but for the most part I would imagine that. Uh, most of your garden and what I've seen of your garden it looks just spectacular and how fortunate that you have a husband that likes to garden with you yes he is awesome and I am very lucky Um, initially it was pretty much just me doing the gardening and I mean he enjoyed it and enjoyed the, the fruits of my labor but over the years, he has really gotten into it. And sometimes that's not a good thing <laughs> yeah. because we're competing for space in the garden. But, um, oh, he, he's just a smart guy, and he likes to read and research a lot and experiment with things. He, he uh, likes to break the rules, and I like to follow them. So we're quite the opposite. <laughs> oh, but that's, you know, that is actually a good combination, Right. So, yeah, um, I think because so. I think I'm kind of a combo of both is that I'll follow the rules, but sometimes I, you know, I go off the deep end just thinking, all right, I want to experiment with this. So, um, you know, right now the, the whole United States is just having all kinds of crazy weather. I am in California yes. and, um, we had, we went, let's see, last week we had like 75 degree sunshine. And then the very next day, it was down to 29, and oh. my my garden was literally covered in snow, which we don't get snow oh here. Gosh. I mean, it's like once yeah. every 15 years. So right. let's talk. Would you um, just take a minute to talk about some weather-related issues? You have a chapter on this, you know, with frost and frost protection. And I thought it was important right. because it, just overnight, you could lose everything. Yes. And of course, you have to really keep an eye on the the weather forecast. But it seems like this has been such a huge problem, no matter where people live. They're dealing with heat waves and droughts, flooding, Mm -hmm. high winds, unusually cold temperatures, just like what you just dealt with. And um, it's like and then we have the heat, those terrible heat waves, you know. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We've been having a lot of those. Um, So for heat waves and droughts, um, 
certainly I recommend that folks suspend shade cloth over some of the more vulnerable crops to give them a little bit of a break and to also cover the surface of the planting beds with some type of a mulch, whether it's grass clippings from uh, a lawn that hasn't been treated with herbicides or shredded leaves, something like that. That will help the soil retain its moisture. And then, of course, increase the amount of time that you're watering. And I'd like to really emphasize water the soil, not the plants. Mm -hmm. The plants don't need it. It's the soil that needs to hold the moisture. Well, because if you're going to water the plants, you're going to attract, uh, you know, some some problems. So that's not a good thing. Exactly. Uh, one one thing would be uh, might be easier for disease pathogens to spread. So I've been really hammering this point home about water the soil, not the plants. Well, the, also in for, your book, and if you're just joining us, we're talking with Susan Mulvihill. She's the author the new book, The Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook, and she's also written one about pests as well. Uh, but I th- what I really liked is throughout your book, you really do emphasize the importance of mulching and composting. Yes, that is so important. Uh, I, I, I actually really like mulch for a few reasons. In addition to helping the soil retain its moisture, it cuts down on weed growth because it makes it harder for the weed seeds to germinate. And also it keeps that foliage of the plants off the soil surface and makes it harder for pathogens that might be in the soil to splash up on the plant's leaves. So I'm all about mulch and I'm all about compost. We make our own compost and I put about an inch of it across the surface of our raised beds in the very early spring and also in the fall. I don't have to turn it in. It just you know, filters down into the soil all by itself or with the help of some microorganisms and it keeps the soil healthy. And that's, uh, I, I really like that the way that you said that because I think so many people abstain from doing compost because they think you have to dig it in, but just put it right. on and it'll just do fine. So let's exactly. uh, do a little bit of troubleshooting with some um, with with some of the vegetable garden problems that you can solve with your uh, vegetable garden problem solver handbook. So what would be the first thing when somebody goes out to their garden and something doesn't look right, where, where do you tell them to look first? You know, like if it's on their zucchini and it's a blossom end rot, that's kind of pretty obvious. But when it's a right. hole in a leaf... You know, how do you know what what is causing that? Well, I think the first thing you need to do is just really examine the plant. Because I know that a lot of times, we, if it's an insect, we don't always see them. And so we're kind of starting from scratch. So I would do that first. I would take pictures of the problem. And if it is an insect, take pictures of the insect to, you know, to work at identifying it. If it's a disease problem, which would tend not to be... Well, it could be a hole. Uh, it could be part of a leaf that, uh, you know, there's been uh, leaf spots that the center of them will drop out. They'll drop out. Leaf. So mm-hmm. maybe, it, yeah, it could be something like that. So the first thing I would do is just really study the plant, take pictures, and 
it never hurts to go onto the web and say zucchini plant hole in leaf, <laughs> you know, something very basic like that, and look at the photos that come back in the results to see if you see something that looks similar. Or, of course, look in my book and see if, you know, if you can narrow it down. Um, the other thing is to stop and think about anything that you've done recently in the garden as something that's different. Like maybe you brought home some new plants from a greenhouse, and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's always good to really examine the plants to make sure you're not bringing home a problem. So those are things you can do. And then certainly to contact your local Master Gardener program because they will help you for free uh, determine what it is and what you need to do about it if you do. <laughs> and also in some states, the agriculture extensions will also do something like that too. Or um, like in California, we have the universities and they will also help you. Many people, yeah. Susan, many people... Uh, don't have space like you and I do um, to plant big gardens. So they do container gardening. And yeah. we have to be able to prevent the plant diseases in our container gardens as well. And uh, one of the things that you advocate in your book, The Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook, right away is to clean and sterilize the pots first before you fill them with a soilless potting mix, which that won't contain any pathogens. Will you um, just explain that a little bit more for people? Because some people will just, you know, they'll just buy some garden soil, put it in, bring home some plants, and then they wonder why they have either bugs or some other pathogen. Right. And sometimes folks will reuse potting soil from the previous year and if they had any types of uh, disease issues the previous year, then you're probably con going to continue that problem in the, in the new year. So it is important to start with fresh soil. But the other thing is when you're through using the container for the season, wash it out. Um, if you have a wheelbarrow or something like that, or you can plug the bottom of the pot temporarily, um, put some a weak bleach solution in there. So that would be about nine parts water to one part bleach. And let it soak for a good half hour. Um, that will help kill pathogens. So it's a good idea always to um, clean everything that you've been using during a garden season. And especially if you have any problems with diseases, you want to make sure that you're getting your plants off to the best start possible by starting out with fresh soil and a nice clean pot. And, you know, um, to piggyback on the clean pot, because, I mean, I'm a big, I, I love bleach for all those sanitary <laughs> region, reasons, but we also have to clean our tools because, like, our pruning yeah. shears can um, spread disease, and that's something that people forget about. You're in a hurry, you just start you know, pruning away, and the next thing you know, you've spread something. Right. And I think what people need to know is that when they're cleaning metal tools like a pruner, and especially if you're dealing with disease issues, you want to clean them with uh, something like rubbing alcohol, alcohol. or mm -hmm. hand sanitizer. Everybody has that these days. 
instead of using bleach on the metal because bleach will hit it. the metal right. and then uh, pathogens can uh, find little pockets there to hang out in. Right. So, I'm so glad you clarified that. And that and yeah. that tip is in the book as well. I just always, for my, um, my, my uh, tools, I always have a small little bottle with me. I wear a, a garden apron, small little bottle with me of alcohol. And then, you yeah. know, the, the bleach can just be, um, you know, in the tool shed for the pots and things like that. But I think it's a good idea right. to have that hand sanitizer or the um, alcohol with you. Something else yeah, I wanted you idea. to um, extol on, because this is very important, is crop rotation in, you know, preventing diseases. Okay. And this is kind of, can be a little controversial at times. I think a lot of um, gardeners will, will feel that crop rotation is just for farmers. And actually, it can work well in a vegetable garden. And the concept is that, if, especially if you have dealt with any disease issues, you're not wanting to plant the same type of crop or the same family of crops um, in the same bed over and over and over because all you're doing is you're providing the disease pathogens with this cozy little home. <laughs> and when it's time for them to become active again in the spring, there's the plant that's their host plant right there for them. Mm -hmm. So what I do is I, I have a little template that I've made of my garden layout and in the spring, when I'm figuring out where I'm going to plant everything, I stop and think, okay, where do I want to plant tomatoes this year? Where did I grow them in the last couple of years? I'm not going to use those same beds again. Now, tomatoes are in the nightshade family, so other examples would be potatoes, eggplants, and peppers. All of those are susceptible to the same diseases. And so it gets a little more complicated when I'm looking for where I'm going to plant my tomatoes, I'm making sure it's also where I didn't grow the peppers, eggplants, or potatoes. <laughs> right, and I realize right. I've and it's, and that is, well, again, we're talking to Susan Mulvihill, and her book is The Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook. And as you can tell, she makes it really simple for you to not only identify, but to really keep your garden healthy by... Um, by the information that she has provided. And I, I want to get to something else because we're running short on time here, Susan, is, mm -hmm. you know, besides these books that you've written, you've done like over 400 videos. Do you want to, <laughs> do you want to talk about that for a second? Yeah, I would be happy to. So I do a lot of public speaking. I, and, you know, I shoot these videos. And as wonderful as writing about gardening techniques is, being able to actually demonstrate how to do something makes such a difference. People get to see our garden in the process and, you know, what the whole routine is throughout the growing season. And it's just been so much fun. I, I love doing them. I've been doing them since 2014. So uh, I, I guess I like them. <laughs> yeah, you like them and everybody else likes them. Well, before we go, I know you're going to be uh, participating in the Meet the Authors webinar yeah. that's coming up. Um I don't know if you want to give a website out for that, but I think that we should, how about if we just give your website out and that way people sure. can uh, get in touch with you. 
Uh, Susan's website is susaninthegarden.com. You can also find her on Instagram and Facebook, Susan in the Garden. So, um, Susan's, I just wanted to clarify, it's Susan's in with the Garden. With an S. Like, Su- yes. 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 S-U-S-A-N-S in the Garden. Yes. Dot com. Yes. It's always Thank better you. if I spell it. And then her YouTube <laughs> channel is youtube.com forward slash Susan's in the Garden. So I just, I, again, your book is wonderful. The Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook, Identify and Manage Diseases and Other Common Problems on Edible Plants. You can also pick up a copy of the companion book that she did, um, which is for the pests in the garden, the Vegetable Garden Pest Handbook. I think, it, I think the two of those would just be great for everyone. So again, Susan, I'm so happy you were able to come on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I thank you so much and continued success and continue to inspire all of us with all of your garden know-how. And keep it simple just the way you are. The way you do it is just perfect. Thank you, Cynthia. It's been my pleasure. So you're listening to Cynthia Bryan. This is Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We'll be back with a quick business bite, and then we'll continue more garden talk. So stay with me. You're listening to us live on the Voice America Network. This is the Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. We have hectic lives of go, 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 and we need to remind ourselves to take care of ourselves. Self-care is not only beneficial to you, but to those who depend on you. It improves moods, brain performance, and provides renewed energy to continue tasks. Give yourself permission to pamper yourself and indulge that nourishing of you. This could be meditating, running, getting a massage, going on a vacay. Find 20 minutes a day just for you. Read, take a bath, dance, exercise, walk in nature, garden, have a glass of wine or a cup of tea. Do whatever it is you feel. We will rejuvenate and feed your body, mind, and soul. And take a deep breath. Recharge yourself. You'll be happier, healthier, probably wiser. Remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite. For more information, visit CynthiaBryan.com. That's CynthiaBryan, Brian with an I, dot com. Be the star you are, the star you are. The annual cost of illiteracy to American taxpayers is over $225 billion. Help increase literacy, reduce violence, and improve positive media messages by making a tax-deductible contribution to Be The Star You Are charity. A top-rated nonprofit, Be The Star You Are promotes positive role models, produces positive radio broadcasts, and donates positive books to empower women, families, and youth. Be a power partner and join our galaxy of stars. Visit our website at bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation using PayPal or send checks to P.O. Box 376, 376, Moraga, California, 94556. 
be the star you are dot org dare to care Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. It's power time on Star Style. Be the star you are with your passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. This business of show business Well, I just really enjoyed interviewing Susan and her Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook. I really am serious when I say this will be an incredible reference book for everyone. Um, I'm going to use it. I learned so much, and I feel like I know a lot about gardening, but that's the thing about being a gardener. We never know it all. I'm constantly on a learning curve. And books like this just help so much. And I also grow all my own vegetables and fruits and herbs, or most of them, so that I can eat and my family can eat seasonally. And just to know what's going on, this is, it's just really helpful. So definitely check out that book. Well, George Bernard Shaw said, God has given us a world that nothing but our own folly keeps from being a paradise. And I totally agree with it. And I know when the weather is a bit inclement, um, and especially, you know, towards the end of winter, just as spring is, you know, starting to evolve, I just want to experience the romance of a tropical island. Haven't been to one in many years now, again, because of pandemic, et cetera. But, you know, you get that urge. You want to feel the sand between your toes. Listen to the waves pounding against the shore. Smell the seaweed, tainted salt air. Soak up the sun. Uh, it makes me yearn to snorkel with turtles and swim with sharks and perfume my hair with plumeria. So as spring sprouts, ah, the hammock beckons. And in paradise, the landscape is lush with flowers, trees, and vines that we normally only experience in botanical gardens. So if you can't make a trip to a fantasy island, how can we plant a little piece of paradise in our own personal place to release that fabulous feeling of leisure? Well, I have a smattering of simple ways that you can plant a lower spirit in your spring swing. So palms. Nothing says tropical more than palm trees. And when I built my home... Um, the first two trees I planted in just a small one-gallon container were these miniature palms. Now I had to transplant them several years later at the top of the driveway. And these two lovers are probably, oh, at least 30 feet tall. Their fronds sway in the wind and they welcome me home. And there are numerous uh, uh, palms to choose from, including Lady queen, date, coconut, bamboo, sago, Mexican, and many more, depending on what you desire in height, hardiness, leaf structure, and upkeep. Now, remember something with palms. Before you plant one, though, you want to check with any city ordinances or ordinances that are in your region, because especially in fire-prone zones now, uh, palm trees are flammable, especially if the fronds are dry. So some areas are not allowing palms. So just be careful of that. But birds of paradise. I am crazy about birds of paradise. 
when my daughter and I went on the college tour, what enamored her most about San Diego was the sunshine, the surf, the palm trees, the tropical flowers, the four ingredients of kickback island living. So hardy in zones 9 to 12, Bird of Paradise are remarkably easy to grow as long as the plants get four or more hours of direct sunlight with good drainage. And they prefer temperatures of about 50 degrees and above. So if you're in an area that doesn't supply that, I'm sorry, you're out of luck. But I've had no problem growing them, even when the thermometer have dipped below freezing, as it did this past winter. So if planted from seed, they're going to take seven or more years to bloom. But otherwise, it'll take three or four years to bloom if you just get a small specimen. And they afford exquisite, long-lasting cut flowers, and they become a focal point in any, any setting. Hibiscus is another one. When you're looking for a high-impact tropical flare with very low maintenance, you can't beat the show-stopping hibiscus. It's so easy to grow. It's available in a kaleidoscope of colors. And hibiscus enjoys temperatures up to 90, um, up to, to 90 degrees and doesn't do so well under 30 so hibiscus can be trimmed into gorgeous hedges. It can be used as a movable container plant. And I cut them and I bobby pin them in my hair. And then I feel like I'm in the tropics. Ferns. When we think of ferns, we're kind of reminded of the redwood forest or Victorian pollers. But in the rainforest, many varieties of ferns grow wild in filtered light where they thrive on humidity and moisture. And they're propagated by spores, and I grow several different uh, kinds of ferns. And in fact, um, I just transplanted, because I have a lot of, of uh, sword ferns, and I just transplanted a big majority of my sword ferns into other areas under my redwood trees. And they are thriving. So they're really, they are a, a, terrific, a terrific plant to plant. Now, bromeliads. I love bromeliads and I have them in the house. And what is not to love about these, um, these uh, uh, monocyclodons? In tropical settings, we see them attached to trees, structures. You know, they grow like pineapples. And in California, they're usually used as house plants, but they require so minimal maintenance. They can thrive outdoors in the heat as long as the weather remains above freezing. And they have these brilliant bracts that maintain color for six months or more. And each rosette blooms only once. And then the mother dies, and then it, but it, it bursts pups. And then the cycle repeats. And you just fill the cup on the top of your bromeliad with water when necessary without watering the soil. And it is just fantastic. Um, anthuriums are another one, and they're originally from Central and South America, um, tropical rainforests, and they're now a mainstay in the Hawaiian Islands, but they flourish with heat, humidity, filtered light, and good drainage with a lot of colors, red, pink, white, orange, green, and you can combine them with other tropicals for a rich tapestry of vacation envy. When spring is sprung, why not bring the romance, adventure, and luxury of a holiday hideaway to your piece of heaven. Kick off your mud boots, grab your flip-flops and suntan lotion, tuck a bright pink hibiscus blossom in your hair, and find paradise in your continental backyard, a pot, or family room. Happy gardening and happy growing. Well, thank you so much for staying tuned to Star Style, Be the Star You Are with me. 
live every Wednesday right here on the Voice America Network, the Empowerment Channel. We try to bring you expert advice, some fun, and success. You can change your life. You can make your dreams come true. For more information about Star Style or me, visit CynthiaBryan.com. For more information about Be The Star You Are charity and how to get involved, visit BeTheStarYouAre.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. See beyond your physical being. Know you are already the star you dreamed of becoming. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And read a book this week because a book is like a garden in your pocket. Pick up a copy of Susan Mulvihill's book, The Vegetable Garden Problem Solver Handbook, and any of my books at starstylestore.net. Just remember, you are the greatest, you are the best, you are the coolest. And until next week, when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles keep us happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you to be the star you are. Be your unapologetically authentic self. Make it a great week. Dream, create, and inspire. And once again, thank you for being with me. It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit StarStyleRadio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to BeTheStarYouAre.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic host and empowerment architect, Cynthia Bryan, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are.